The most important point here, Diane, is that no one is verifying that claim unless it's certified. So if you don't see something, that claim being certified with a logo and a certification, there is no verification. Hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly known as the Queen of Jeans, but now the proud host of my podcast, Too Young to Be Old. Today, we have you can't miss this episode, okay? If you think you are what you eat, or you think you know what you eat, uh, trust me, you don't. And this is the woman to tell us what we're eating, who we really are, and what direction we should go in for health when it comes to animal protein. Dina Jones is with the Animal Welfare Institute. For almost two decades, she has headed the farm animal program. Dina, welcome. Thank you, Diane. I'm happy to be here. Well, here's the deal. What are we eating I would love to know, you know, something I don't, I only buy eggs occasionally because blah, 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 cholesterol. But when I buy eggs, they're the low cholesterol, high omega-3, no GMOs, no this, no that. And then (laughs) I always want like cage-free. So I think cage-free is like, oh. All the little chickens are so happy and they're running around in the yard and somebody's throwing feed to them. And no, this is all a lie. It's so deceptive. So what I would love to do is just talk to us when it says no GMOs, uh, uh, no this, no that, no wheat in their feed pasture raised my understanding now is when it says cage free that just means there's thirty thousand chickens in a small barn and they've each got about 12 square inches but there's no cage Mm -hmm. over them so deceptive so if you can just explain briefly all the different nomenclature for when you go to buy an egg or buy chicken because frankly at this point after talking to you I'm not sure. I'm thinking about raising my own chickens on my carrots. <laughs> well, that would be probably a good idea. But um, <laughs> yeah, the thing about food is you can't just look at the product and know the quality, right? So you buy clothing or furniture or cars. You can look at it and you tell this one is better than this one. This one's higher quality. You can't really do that with food. Sometimes you can see it. Sometimes you can taste it, but typically not. So people don't know what to look for in order to get a better product. But I can tell you that there is a huge difference in how animals are raised and how they're treated and how the environment is treated between different products. Unfortunately, you can't see it on the product. So that's why you need me and that's why you need some tips about what to do for this. Totally. All right. So great. So there is a huge difference in how they're raised. And to be honest, the best thing you can do is go visit a farmer, talk to a farmer, but 
who has the time and the ability to do that, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, nobody can do that. But but ideally, that's what you would do. Um, the number one, probably best alternative would to be farmers markets do have higher quality products. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Okay. And even so for eggs, huh? I was just afraid oh, maybe yes. they weren't refrigerating them enough or. Yes. Generally farmers markets. Also, if you're going to draw uh, buy direct from uh, farmers through the internet online, purchasing the products from the same kind of uh, farmers that would be selling at farmers markets. Those are generally high quality as well. The problem is what do we do when people are buying at grocery stores, mainstream grocery store chains? That's where the problem comes in because you have a lot of products and most of them are produced at the bottom level. So okay. Diane, yeah. So do you want me to go through the different claims? I for do. Eggs? Okay. I, I, I was so blown away when I found out that I think I'm doing this tremendous service to chickens by buying cage free. And then I find out that means almost nothing. So then yeah, okay. I up my level yeah. to free range. And then I find out that accounts for almost no improvement in a chicken's life. Okay. Um, so let's just go through the nomenclature. All, to right. Begin with. All right. Let's start with eggs. So okay. I will say that I receive questions about eggs more than any other single type of animal food. So that's um, consistent with your question. So a lot of people, more people have questions about eggs than anything. And that's fine. Okay. So if you find an egg carton with no claims, no uh, statements about animals, then it means the birds were in a cage, in a very small cage, lots of birds, they peck each other, poor welfare. A step up from that is cage-free. Is it is it meaningful? Yes. Is it very good? Not necessarily. So you do have up to 50,000 hens in a cage-free barn, they get just a little more space than they would get in a cage per bird, per individual bird. So it's a little bit better. They still can peck each other. The air quality is poor. The environmental yeah. quality is poor. The mortality is high. They can behave a little bit more like a natural bird. So is it better than, than a, a carton that doesn't say cage-free Yes, it's better, uh, but only marginally. So uh, the next step above that is free range. What does free range mean? Free range means the barn is open and the birds do have a chance to go outside on a regular basis. Whether they go outside or not depends on the quality of the environment outside, and sometimes it's not very good. So it might be gravel, very little vegetation, it might be dirt. So they might not have an incentive to go outside. But we do consider free range above cage free. Significantly above that is pasture raised. This is the best for the birds, and it means that they have to spend a majority of their lives outside on pasture. So we do consider that a better claim than cage-free and free-range. And it is, organic is the other issue that comes in there. Some organic is at the free-range level and some is at the pasture-raised level. So I would say if I had to choose between a free-range pasture-raised 
and an organic claim, I would take the pasture raised. Organic can be in between. So yeah. free range is good. Organic is good. Pasture raised is best. And then um, I was told that the way that animals are delivered from being a live being to being food, however they're slaughtered, and this may only work for beef, I'm not sure, um, the level of adrenaline, the fear level they have as they start to see others in their group being taken away and slaughtered is can be at a really at, at a real danger point. Is that true for chicken, or is that just a meat and pork uh, fact? The science on this isn't real clear, but I would imagine that's the case for all animals. So you want to reduce the fear and increase reduce the stress when the animals yes. are slaughtered. Yes. So that gets into a big issue, which is how they're slaughtered. But generally, just to not get into the specifics, so that this is something most people don't really want to talk about too much. But in general, killing the birds with gas is the best Ugh. and we are switching in the united states um over very slowly to gas stunning for birds and we do it for pigs and other animals so uh so there are a couple companies that actually market their products as being more humane at slaughter and that's because they're using gas okay so one other question i have about eggs because I can really go off the deep end with my diet. It doesn't take anything for me to go totally destructo when I'm not really having it range in. I'm not supposed to eat eggs because of cholesterol. So I look for eggs where it says reduced cholesterol, higher protein content or higher omega-3 um, how did they do that? And is that actually good for us? Whatever the process is, what are they doing? Okay. The most important point here, Diane, is that no one is verifying that claim unless it's certified. Uh, so if you oh. don't see something that claim being certified with a logo and a certification, there is no verification. So the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, is the one that oversees all of these claims. They oversee meat, poultry, farmed fish, and eggs. There is no oversight for dairy. So it's kind of the wild, wild west open frontier on dairy claims. Nobody is overseeing those claims. But for the other ones... The United States Department of Agriculture doesn't go on the farm and it doesn't do laboratory testing. So it relies upon the producer to verify that kind of a claim or the FDA does, the Food and Drug Administration. So if they're making claims about omega-3 or protein or cholesterol, yeah. there is probably more than likely no laboratory testing behind it. And I would be very leery of that kind of a claim because it's not verified unless it is certified. Guess what? I am very, very leery of it. And 
I've got uh, totally, it's a little bit of a personal question, but since there are Whole Foods markets in almost every town in America, and I don't know about all of you guys out there, but I always feel a little holier than now when I go to a Whole Foods, like, oh, I'm doing something really good for myself. And they've looked at everything and I trust them. And okay. So when you go to the meat section of Whole Foods, it has labeling and and Whole Foods animal welfare statements and a rating system. So you can figure out you're getting the happiest cows ever which may equate to $50 for, I, I just, I, I, the last time I bought meat, I think I went through the whole rating system and it was some insane amount of money, like $49 a pound. But I thought, well, okay, this has to be good. Um, talk to me about the Whole Foods meat rating system. I'm sure we would all like to know about that. Yes. It's called the Global Animal uh, partnership uh, Animal Welfare Rating. It's been around for more than a decade. Animal welfare groups, such as my own group, the Animal Welfare Institute, we worked with Whole Foods on this. So on their board, they have animal welfare organizations. It's the real deal. And what are the ratings? Can you just... Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I the, through yeah. So that starts at step one, step two, step three, step four, five, and five plus. And as you go up in and those steps, the animal welfare increases. Unfortunately, price increases and Ooh. and availability decreases. So the problem in a lot of stores is finding the high steps, but they are meaningful. Each step increase means better treatment of the animals. It is the real deal. We comment on their program and on their standards, and they take our comments into consideration. As I said, there are animal welfare organizations on their board of directors. It is the real deal. So no. generally, yeah. Diane, generally, if you shop in a natural food store, Sprouts, natural grocers, Whole Foods, the standard for animal welfare and environmental stewardship is higher. This is, it's, it's not fraud. It's not deception. It is better. So one thing that I'm very aware of, because I had estrogen-based breast cancer, and I go out of my way to not eat any protein or any anything that is hormone induced higher growth rate bigger chubbier fatter all of that stuff i wonder when i'm reading a label for me or or in fact even for poultry what is the deal with no antibiotics? What is the deal with no GMOs? Uh, I keep thinking, oh, okay, that's good, no GMOs. And yet, if you came to me and asked me, Diane, what's a GMO? I would go, <laughs> um, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. So we're talking about antibiotics, hormones, and GMOs. Three very yeah. different things here, Diane. So let's start with hormones. But all on one label at one time. Yes. Okay. yes. Yeah. And, and all important to differing degrees. So let's start with hormones because that's okay. the first thing you brought up. By law, certain animals in the United States can't receive hormones. And if you see a claim and they are legal on pro those products, it's just it's just deception and it's just a marketing ploy. So you cannot give hormones to egg laying hens, meat chickens, and for the most part to pigs. So if you see a no hormone claim on eggs, poultry, and pork, Forget about it. It means nothing. But hor no hormone claims are extremely important and significant with dairy and beef. Yes. Dairy and beef. So if you see a no hormone claim on dairy or beef, yes, most of those products, dairy and beef, are produced with hormones. So you do, is particularly beef. So you do want to look for that. So that's that's simple for people to know. Important dairy and beef, dairy and beef, dairy and beef, hormones makes a difference. Antibiotics are used to raise all animals. And so no antibiotic claims are important on any product. Really? Wow. Any product, any product that says no hormone, uh, no antibiotics ever, that is meaningful and it's important for human health. Not getting into whether it really makes a difference with how the animals are raised, but for people, it's important because of antibiotic resistance. I was a nurse before I went into animal advocacy. Incredible. And it's very a huge problem. Antibiotic resistance is a huge problem. Yes. And some of the resistance, not a huge part of it, but some of the resistance probably does come from the food we eat. So it is important for human health to look for no antibiotic claims. Right now, the United States Department of Agriculture is doing a sampling program to find out whether the no antibiotic no antibiotic claim on beef means there are actually no antibiotics because there were some undercover investigations that showed they actually had antibiotic residue in beef products at Whole Foods, actually going back to Whole Foods. So uh -oh. right now, the United States Department of Agriculture is looking for that. So bottom line, antibiotic claims, important, significant, meaningful. Hormone claims only on beef and dairy. Now. GMOs, which I always think, oh, great, there's no GMOs. When in fact, I, I, what is a GMO? Is that human growth hormone? What that makes you, as a chicken or beef, grow bigger and fatter and plumper yeah. faster? So it means genetically modified organism. So GMO ah. stands for genetically modified organism. And lots of times with food animals, they're not genetically modified, but what they eat <gasps> is genetically modified. So they're eating gen genetically modified corn or whatever. So it's what they eat. There is not a lot of evidence that there is a strong connection with human health. So at this point in time, I and also in terms of animal welfare, it's also not really clear. So at this point in time, I do not consider that a really high value claim. I think the antibiotic and the hormone claim should be given more attention.
And then I would ask you, and it was something that we were discussing. We were talking about no antibiotics, in, let's say in chickens who are raised in very crowded, overcrowded, underventilated mm-hmm. conditions. Um, so you talk about cost versus benefit. And we were talking about two giants in the chicken industry, and one of them who I don't always particularly see as, you know, social minded is now coming out with ads. I was saying they were almost like a political ad saying, oh, those terrible people that are our competitors are using antibiotics before their animals are sick. Oh, that's terrible. We would never do that. And I'm thinking to myself, really? You're the biggest chicken producer in the world? And of course you'd use antibiotics if you could. You're just not supposed to anymore. But you were explaining, and I'm not using any brand names here, why the other brand, which is gigantic as well, did not use antibiotics for a while and is right back to using them again. And you were talking, and this was fascinating to me, about cost versus benefit. Can you explain that to our audience? Yes. So the largest chicken producers in the United States, some routinely give antibiotics to the animals and some do not. And And what? Stopped and started again. Yes, and and the largest chicken producer in the world, um, I believe they're the the largest. There's two, um, the top four chicken producers in the United States differ in in terms of this, and and the largest producer that was not using antibiotics routinely is returning to a form of antibiotic use, and you asked me why, and I said because the companies that don't use the antibiotics do it because of the additional, they can charge a little bit more for their product because people will pay a little bit more for the no antibiotic ever claim. However, in terms of animal welfare, if they don't give antibiotics and they don't improve the way they raise the animals, more animals are going to get sick and die. So they're going to lose more animals. So if they get a little bit more value or income off of the claim, that has to be uh, reconciled with maybe more animals dying. So it's possible that this company changed its position because of the mortality of the birds without the antibiotics. So it, it, was it would be it would be solved if they raised all the animals at a high level and took care of all the animals and raised them well, then they wouldn't need the antibiotics. But unfortunately, that's not the case. They want to take away the antibiotics, not improve the way they're going to raise them. That means more are going to die. So it's the money they get from the claim versus having a few more die. And it's possible that uh, calculation changed for that. Now, I'm not sure, but I don't think that your institute, the Animal Welfare Institute, um, has anything to do with how fish are farmed. Is that correct or incorrect? 
we're starting to work increasingly on farmed fish. We Thank see you. it as we see it as a huge issue internationally. Huge. Yes. Huge. And, and probably perhaps the biggest farmed animal welfare issue oh. worldwide is oh. fish. Can I yes. tell you? I was very trepidatious. I, I really hung back for farmed fish, but then, you know, I'm beginning to find like places like Fresh Direct. So I buy all my food from Fresh Direct, try to buy it all organic. Da, 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 da. There is organic salmon. Salmon is very good for me. It's good for my heart. It's good for my cholesterol. It's good for my hair. It's good for my skin. I won't eat it anymore. I saw a special on Netflix. You are what you eat. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, it was terrible the way they were raising cattle. It was really inhumane, no good life choices, no mm -hmm. grass, just, you know, gravel plains and, and going into a slaughterhouse. Chickens, a little bit more informative because there were so many different grades of how they were raising them. When it came to farm fish, I thought I will never eat farmed fish again. I will never eat farmed salmon. Oh, oh my God. What are you ingesting there? So if you can describe for the audience why, and I'm like on board 10,000%, why you feel that this is a huge issue. On one hand, we hear, well, you know, they're endangered species and there aren't enough waters in the Arctic anymore for salmons to swim upstream and da-da-da-da-da. But what they're ingesting and how they're farmed, I am so disturbed I ever ate a piece of farmed salmon. And I never, ever, ever will again. So can you explain to the audience in a way that doesn't give them nightmares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the farming of fish is a huge issue environmentally and animal welfare-wise. They're raised in intensive confinement, and they're inhumanely transported and slaughtered. It has bad, terrible impacts on the local environment. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the pollution created by these operations is significant, and the impact that it has on the local environment is is significant. Some are on land, and some are right are on water. So I saw it, the ones on water, but yeah, they're, eating, it's, it's they're raising an environment of their own fecal matter, and yeah, I, yeah. Therefore, I don't give a damn, frankly, whether it's organic or it's not organic. There I are, mean, that's not yeah, there, good. There are some new um, certification programs for fish um, so that you can buy the better product. There are issues also with wild caught, unfortunately. Oh, no. Yeah, the whole I issue that... I wild caught because well, I not salmon anymore. Help. There are issues with 
both with the wild caught, there's still impacts on natural um, predators, other fish, other animals in the environment being caught. There's issues with them not being humanely slaughtered, um, actually with farmed and wild caught, but mostly with wild caught, that they're typically not slaughtered like farmed animals are in terms of rendering them insensible before they're killed. So um, unfortunately, I think a lot of this will be worked out, but um, currently the whole area of fish in terms of both welfare and environmental impact is probably one of the worst choices you could make, even though, yeah. from, even though from human health, it's one of the better choices from environment. There, Dina, is what is so confusing. So I decide because I'm going to be healthier. Uh, and I was a huge carnivore in my youth. I could have eaten a steak every night if I could have afforded it and felt great. Like, oh, yeah, because I came from parents who were greatly impacted by the, the Depression of 1929. And one of the signs of being upper middle class became meat consumption. That's correct. If you were making money, if you were truly middle class family, of course, you were going to eat meat every night. I mean, what other choice was there? Steak, hamburgers, steak, hamburgers. That was my house in Southern California. Always barbecuing, always red meat. So I walk away from that, and then I find out chickens have a bunch of hormones, so now I have to watch out for chickens. Then I think, okay, I'm really going to wean myself off chickens, and I'm going to become a fishitarian, a pestitarian, because that's going to be really good for my heart and mm -hmm. my diet. And, and then I find out, and of course I say, oh, yes, uh, my choice is going to be organic salmon. It's organic. And then I see how they're living and what they're ingesting along with their food, which is their own feces. And I think to myself, what is left? I just don't think I can be totally vegetarian or vegan, although I'm trying, but uh, I can't, maybe I can convert to three days a week, but what? Now I can't eat fish? Okay. Oh my God. All right. All right, Diane. Yes. <laughs> as much as possible, plant-based is the solution in terms of the environment and uh, animal welfare and also excellent for human health. Yeah. Yes. So I, I understand that a lot of people can't do that, but um, you should as much as possible increase um, the proportion of your diet that's plant-based for the proportion that isn't look for products that are certified. That means you know, I know there's so much detail here and I don't want to confuse people and go into the weeds on this stuff. So the short, easy, simplest answer I can get is look is to tell people to look for a certification that's usually a logo or it says certified. It's usually for animal welfare and or environmental protection, environmental stewardship. That's the best that you can do. It is likely to cost a little bit more, but you have it on my authority that there is added value and it is worth it. So decrease the amount of animal 
produced or animal derived products increase plant-based and when you do consume animal derived products go for certified products and when you when you are consuming a vegetable diet which i try to do three to four days a week now what do gmos mean to me in terms of vegetables in terms of your health yes okay in terms of your health i'm not personally aware of an impact on your health. Okay. A lot of this is environmental. Okay. So if something like corn is modified so it can grow in a much, I know that a lot of GMO yeah, the concern is for drier environments. Because yeah. Of and the concern water. is the impact on other natural organisms, the, you know, long-term impact on, um, uh, organisms that aren't genetically modified in terms of your health and nutrition i'm i'm personally not aware of any concern about all right so um because i think it is so important especially after the age of 50 that you really be aware of what you're eating modify your diet to match your body's ability to use it as fuel and not disrupt your digestive system and God knows what else. Um, if you have one final big tip, you can give all of us to shopping more informed, to eating a better, more healthful diet. Fire away, Dina. Okay, I'm going to reiterate increase the your reliance on plant-based foods decrease it on animal derived products if you are going to eat a, uh, products from animals look from products that are certified you can go to findhumane.com to find uh -huh. the best farmed animal products or choosebettereggs.com which is the Animal Welfare Institute's Great. own guide on buying eggs choosebettereggs.com findhumane.com. That is great. You know what? Uh, uh, honestly, I know this is going to sound crazy. I feel like there might be hope in my future to eat salmon again because you guys are looking into it and going to overhaul that part of the food industry. Well, you know what, Dina? We are what we eat. This is Dina mm -hmm. Jones, Animal Welfare Institute, and this has been absolutely an incredible podcast for anybody who wonders yeah if i am what i eat what am i eating thank <laughs> you so much dina thank you diane thank you very much thank you to your listeners thank you so much for listening to too young to be old podcast the episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.